Welcome back, everybody. It's another episode of Spokane Business Insider. Hello, Val. My my co-host, Val. Hello. Howdy. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm ready for some awesomeness. <laughs> um, on the heels of awesomeness, we've got Dave. Dave Ribble in the house. Hi, Dave. Good to see you. Good to see you. I think uh, I, I imagine, um, Dave, we must have been friends in a past life or something, but uh, I think we're fast friends here. Um, love the things that you're saying online and uh, your book, Conscientious Connector. Yes, Conscientious Connector. Yeah. Right? You're Can't one wait of, to dive into that. You're one of 10 people that I know that can actually pronounce that. <laughs> yeah, it's good alliteration. I love alliteration. So, um, well, let me set the context here a little bit. I, you know, I think this show, Spokane Business Insider, is my pet project to <clears throat> start to host a conversation for consciousness in business, or in this case, conscientiousness in business. We can distinguish that here as we go. And um, specifically in Spokane, but also that's just my bigger heart for the world is how do we keep bringing purpose and our heart into business so that we can elevate the vibration, the frequency of the world. And um, I think business is a great vehicle to do that because we have a vested interest to broadcast the message as business people. So let's broadcast messages that are conscientious. So Dave, what say you to that? What say I, um, I would say that the, the thing that, I had to learn the hard way years and years ago. I was a, a representative, uh, a regional representative for a major company out of Chicago. And I had nine states that I was responsible for going around and talking to distributors who sold the products that I represented. Mm -hmm. I had to teach them how to sell it. Mm -hmm. And I was in a, 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 a conundrum because I was teaching distributors how to sell my product and they had 300,000 other things they could also sell. Right. And a lot of them were less expensive. A lot of them returned the commission to the salesperson immediately. Mm -hmm. Mine took time. I was, I, I was, uh, I was working for the promotional uh, marketing side of Rand McNally, the world's foremost maker yeah. of maps. And they had all these really beautiful hardcover books with David Munch photographs in them. And it was spectacular at Christmas time to give that away to your clients and your prospects and stuff. So I was trying to teach this as I went. And what I was operating from was the idea that I could just go in there and push people to sell my product. And I found out very quickly after taking over the territory that that wasn't going to happen. I had to really understand and empathetically listen to them to find out how I could fit in and how I could fit in for them, for their clients. Yeah. So it just turned everything on on its ear for me. Um, I explored other things. I I, I was um, on the board of directors for two chambers of commerce in Southern California at the same time. Hmm. Don't ever do that. <laughs> it, it was nuts. It was nuts. But what I, I did was I I've spent a whole lot of time in chamber mixers and things like that, hmm. and I used to put on events. And we used to, my wife, Gay, and I used to put on events for our clients, trade shows, big, big deal stuff, mm. where I had to get inside the head of who it was that we were targeting. Mm. And the more I went to networking events, I was a member of LATIP. I, I was guest speaker for B&I meetings and things. Um, my wife, Gay, was regional director of promoting B&I in San Fernando Valley for years. Wow. So we really have a really good education about what goes on in these networking events. And for the most part, it seemed to me that 
there was a surface connecting kind of an attitude to it where they just wanted to go through. I remember one particular guy that would go through the Woodland Hills Chamber of Commerce and his whole objective was to get from point A to point B in the quickest amount of time. And the objective he had was how many business cards could he pick up, right? So he just picked up a whole bunch of business cards, put them in his pocket. When he walked out, he looked like he was, you know, loaded down with all of these business cards. And then went right back to the same drawer at his desk, at his office, that all of the rest of them were sitting in yeah. with all of the smudges and, and all of the information, you know, so that you couldn't even discern what it was, what it said. But at the time you wrote it down, it was very important. So I started <laughs> I had looking- a drawer like that, by the way, I've had a drawer with rubber band <laughs> around like a whole stack of cards that I know, don't do anything with. Yeah. You're an honest man, sir, because you're one of the few that will admit to that. I mean, it was my own failing forward. You know, it was my own, like, I thought this is what we're supposed to do. And then I just had no, there was no emotional payoff to do exactly. it. I'm like, I had no connection. I'm not any closer to trusting anyone for the amount of business cards I collected, you know? Thank you. Thanks for saying that. Uh, yeah. So so what happened was for me was I started to really look around. I started to really under, try to understand what I was doing wrong. Mm-hmm. And a little thing called 2008 came along with the great recession. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden clients that we had had for years still loved us but they were putting their projects with us on hold. Hmm. In a 90 day period, every major studio in Los Angeles, we had contacts with and were doing work for, put their projects on hold or they postponed them or they said, no, not this year. Hmm. And so I'm looking at this and I'm going, how am I gonna replace all of this business that is gonna be waylaid? How do I go get that? And my attitude at the time was, well, I just have to go force people to buy stuff. I just have to go find more clients and hammer them until they say, okay, okay, okay. You know, here, here's an order for this and here's an order for that. Wow. That didn't work really well in the recession. Dave, uh, how long were you in business at this point? That was 2008, you said, and you'd been in business. 2008, I've been in the industry for over 40 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's really interesting because I, I hear a, a pivot somewhere coming up here from 2008 till now. Yeah, well, what happened was um, one morning, it was a it was a time when I had to go to the, the the chamber breakfast, and I got up and I was really frustrated. I got up at five thirty, got my suit on, I'm pacing the floor at six o'clock in the morning. Hmm. I don't want to go to this thing. I haven't seen any new blood at this place for for the last two months. Why would I do that? Why would I go? I should stay home and help Gay uh, find more business somewhere else. What? I have to, you know, and I was really panicked. Mm-hmm. She came out, you know, ready to make some phone calls to the East Coast because we did have some business and she still had some stuff to do. She said, I got to make some calls to the East Coast and that'd be a perfect time for you to leave the house and go to this thing. Mm-hmm. Now, I thought about it and I thought, now you're just trying to get rid of me. And she said, yes, I am. <laughs> but I also think that maybe something good would come from that. Mm-hmm. So... My story that Val has sat through before, and 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 I, and I hope you don't mind. I'm going to repeat it. Um, yeah, I went to this thing in a bad attitude, simply for the the express reason of proving her wrong. I wanted to go in there and prove her that the third month wasn't any different than the last two. I wasn't going to meet anybody new, and this was a waste of time. So I, my objective was that. Have you ever had one of those 
I, I call them Kevin Costner moments, like field of dreams, mm-hmm. where you you hear something going on, you don't know where it's coming from, but there's something there that is just kind of has a grip on you. Yeah. I had a Kevin Costner field of dreams moment. I got to the Woodland Hills Country Club where the chamber was hosting a breakfast. I got there early. Mm-hmm. I even remember uh, watching a guy who's on a golf course that surrounds the country club and he was hitting up on the ninth green from about 120 out and he shanked the thing way to the right. And I just kind of waved to him and I, it was kind of like, I understand, man. I really understand. But anyway, I got to the front door of this thing way early and I reached down for the handle of it and this voice went off in my head. Think what you will, but this voice went off in my head. And it said, Leave your business cards in your pocket this morning. Just go in and see how many people you can help. Mm-hmm. And I let go of the handle and stepped back and I thought, I've had too much caffeine already. Obviously, I'm kind of zoning out here. So I uh, mm-hmm. I collected myself, went back, opened the door, went in, got my badge on, made sure it was right side up. But then when I stepped into the main room where people were starting to gather and more people were coming in, Instead of going over and talking to my buddies that, you know, about last night's football game, like I normally would have, Mm. I got about 15 feet inside the room and I thought, I'm going to prove her wrong. So I stopped at about 15 feet in, turned around, pivoted, started watching the front door and started looking for anybody I could find was new. Mm. Prove her wrong, prove her wrong, prove her wrong, prove her wrong. And then there was a guy leaning up against the wall over there waiting for this thing to start wearing his jeans and his jacket and boots. And he was obviously a contractor Mm. and I'd never met him before. And I went over to him and I said, I'm Dave Ribble. I'm with the chamber. I'm sure that you have people you'd like to meet. Tell me who you are and what you're doing and why you're here and everything. Just tell me everything you can. Mm. I'll see if I can help you. Mm. Which in turn was kind of like looking back at me going, where did that come from? Mm. But I had this, better attitude for some reason. He told me all about himself and about his family and about his construction father and how he loved to work on houses and how he was looking for the best real estate agent in the building. Hmm. I looked over at Dennis, who happened to be that. Hmm. Grabbed John, went right over to Dennis, interviewed, uh, I introduced uh, John to, to Dennis, Dennis to John. Meanwhile, Dennis, by the way, is looking at me like, what is wrong with you? And what have you done with Dave Ribble? Because you're not like that, right? right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Put them together. They shook my hand. Thanks so much and all that stuff. I stepped back about five feet and I looked at it and I thought, I don't know what's going on here, but that sure felt good. Mm. Right? Yeah. I went back to my little spot and I said, prove her wrong, prove her wrong. Prove... And this happened five times in 30 minutes. Wow. There were five new people there. Wow. And I hooked them up with various people. Mm. And I talk about it in my book. But I thought that was it. I thought that was it. Okay, okay, I've got a better lesson here. I'm being led somehow. Yeah. Right. And this is this is really feeling good because I'm I'm changing my attitude right before my very eyes, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, we got to the part where there was just a few minutes left of that meeting that morning and uh Diana Williams, the great CEO of the chamber said, does anybody have anything else they want to say or anything they want to share with us? And the hand went up and it was John, the guy that I talked to as the contractor. And he stood up 
very tall guy, kind of like Val. And he said, I just want to say, Dave Ribble, you're a class act. I've never been introduced like that before. I've never been greeted like that before. Hmm. Hmm. I just wanted to tell you, I really appreciate it. Dennis and I are going to go have lunch. Wow. Dennis stands up. Dennis says, Ribble, way to go, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we are going to go to lunch. By the way, Dave, how did you know that a week and a half ago I fired my contractor? Wow. wow. I didn't know. <laughs> so long story short, out of the 10 people that I positively affected that morning, eight of them stood up and said something about me before Diana cut him off. <laughs> right. Yeah. And what came about from that was a whole nother way to look at all of this instead of just surface connecting, instead of thinking that I had to hurry, hurry, hurry to go grab business as much as I could. I started to see the other side. I started to see where, if, if I could start to mold myself in a different way and become the guy that everybody respects, everybody appreciates, I start connecting people, whether there's anything in it for me or not. Mm -hmm. All of those things, Chris, just started to, to fall into place for me. I also kind of had a, another um, epiphany, and that was, that I was starting to realize how bad my behavior had been. Hmm. When I would go to these things, I would be all about grabbing the cards. You know, I'll call you tomorrow. I'd also been taught that it, you should be able to tell within 30 seconds whether or not somebody you're standing in front of has any value to you at all. <laughs> wow. I bought, I bought into that. Wow. I bought into that by one of the coaches that I'd had years ago. That all changed. Mm -hmm. And so when I started to write the book, hmm. that's what happened. I started to really reference hmm. my bad behavior and changing it out for better behavior. One of the things was that when the guy was doing, he was doing a PowerPoint presentation mm -hmm. and he was talking about garage doors. He paid 150 bucks for the privilege of having 10 minutes in front of the group. And it came, became very obvious to me that he was doing about 20 minutes worth of slideshows and he was trying to cram them into 10 minutes. Right? Yes, I've experienced those kind of presentations. Yeah. Yeah. And we've all seen that. And I felt so sorry for him. Mm -hmm. But as I was looking around the room, I mean, the voice was still telling me what to do. And the voice said, look around the room, take a look, see what's see what other people are doing. I looked around the room and I started to see people texting under the table. Mm -hmm. I saw them just getting up and going for coffee with their back to the guy, yeah. reaching for the ketchup, telling a joke, doing all of those things that we see happening. Yeah. Yep. And it made me really embarrassed that I would mm. play that, play out that, that way. Yeah, yeah. And, um, mm. So that went into the book as well. I started talking about the things I needed to change. Since then, since the book came out and since I've adopted these kind of things, yeah, um, I just keep collecting more people that want to do business with us. Mm -hmm. Funny how that works. Yeah, right. Yeah. Tell me about the word conscientious because that's a, I love, I love the word. I, I tend to use the word conscious, but I like how you, before we hit record, how you reframed it. Tell me about how you chose that word for the book. Well, I, I struggled with it because conscious conversations, we do that at, at uh, Unity Spiritual Center. Uh, every other Thursday night, 
conscious. Uh, I hear the words used all the time in business, conscious. Yeah. And I looked it up. Conscious is being aware of something. Mm-hmm. Conscientious is what you do with it. Yeah, I love that. So I decided I wanted, and and the way of the peaceful warrior was the first part of that, and so I I borrowed from that the way of the conscientious connector is what's oh, in the nice. book. It's two hundred ninety eight pages of everything I've poured my heart into to learn. Wow, wow. How did you then bring that? Um, set this I would say like the origin story that the the sense of that the heart of that the essence of that into what you do now with marketing because your 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 business is in in the marketing space, yeah. It is. The standout marketing strategies is the mothership. Yeah. And so how does conscientiousness work its way into marketing? Well, to see the blend of those two worlds. We try, we try where, wherever we go and whoever we're working with, we try to find out more about them. Hmm. It's not just a one kind of a situation where they're going to buy some product and services from us. Mm-hmm. What we want to do is we want to, to see whether or not we can help them in other ways. Yeah. That's the conscientious part of it. What else are you working on? What's coming up? How's the company's health? What's going on in the stock market? What do you find are, are, are some of the other struggles you have? And is there anything that we might be able to help you with? Or is there anyone else in your company that you would like for us to talk to? Mm-hmm. And so we have become standout marketing strategies when, we, when they talk about Gay and Dave. And Gay primarily is the one who gets to be the star for this thing because she's so brilliant at doing what she does for for our clients. When they start to understand how much more we care and how many different ways we dis- we demonstrate that, mm-hmm. yeah. we get referrals. Mm-hmm. We get referrals when another department needs our services. Universal Studios is one of our biggest clients back in the day. We had nine different departments at Universal that needed us. Wow. And when I got with Gay and we started really working on Universal and other cl- big clients like that, hmm. she had only been working with two of the, the of the nine departments at Universal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I started working it to meet other people. And we ended up with all of those additional people that could use our services. And when they would leave one company and go to the next, they would bring us with them. I think there's a bunch of um, I'll, I'll I'll use a uh, there's a bunch of us conscientious us uses out there in the world in business who love what you just said like we love the idea that we could dig deeper into the the full human of things like what else is there be of service and and then I think a lot of us um, don't feel maybe the permission to do that, or we, we feel like it's not going to work, or I'm just curious what you see, like, what do you see about conscious, conscientious humans in business that aren't bringing that to the forefront? Well, this is the very conversation. The first time I met Val, we had this conversation and it was like, I thought it was going to go forever because (laughs) we just kept going. We just kept saying, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I would, I would sum it up this way. If, in fact, we are going to make a better world, we're going to have to back off on the idea that we have to go in and make a sale. That's first and foremost, right? And I've had, I've had sales managers that I, when I worked for other companies, I've had sales managers that said, look, your butt's on the line. If you don't hit your numbers, forget it. I'll get somebody else in here. 
And a lot of people have that mentality and, the, and they have been brought up the same way. They've been brought up that you're wasting time if you're talking to somebody who will never buy from you. My argument is I'm never wasting time. When I look, we, we did a thing, um, I, was, I was privileged to be a part of a, 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 a thing just a few weeks ago at Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a leadership program and they asked me to come in and, and do 10 minutes and talk to the students but also talked to uh, some of the investors and other people that were part of this program. And, and the same thing applied there was that um, if, in fact, you have an attitude that all you're ever going to do is come in and hit the road and, and hit the, the event and, and find out exactly who you're supposed to sell to and everybody else you know, when I looked at it on the group of, of people at Gonzaga, I looked at it as a gold mine. I looked at it as all of these people have stories. All of these people have connections. Some of them would like to have some personal development help that I can give them. Yeah. And that's when we decided to start Standout Mastery. That's what that is, personal development. Yeah, I love that. And, and handling limiting beliefs and all of that. But the fact of the matter is, is that we're programmed you're supposed to go out and sell. You're supposed to go out and sell. You're supposed to go out and sell. When you first start a company, you need clients right away, right away, right away. Well, if you don't handle them well, they'll never be back. So what good is that? So short-term, long-term. Yeah. Val, I've been hogging the conversation. Anything bubbling up for you over there? <laughs> Come on, Val. You got stuff. Yeah, a oh, bunch Val. of stuff is is bubbling up. And Going all the way back to your story about having a conscientious moment at the chamber that had you take different action. One thing I hear there is contribution. And that's what I have been hammering um, in Spokane as much as I can, that I don't want people coming to like a Groundswell Collective event thinking sales, like I see people get in a sales stream of mind and then if they don't get a if they don't get a lead or a sale, they walk away deflated, despairing, unhappy. Mm. But when we put people in the space of contribution, like what you did when you talked to your friend John, then the whole world opens up and people walk away, I, I think, in my experience, feeling enlightened. Uh, fulfilled, excited, like they made a difference. So I I really heard how you contribute to people. What's really fun is is that sometimes I'll I'll um, I'll coach people to just go to a chamber breakfast or wherever the networking is, and I'll encourage them to see what happens if they don't hand anybody a business card. Hmm. <laughs> It kind of forces you to have a conversation with them. Yeah, yeah. One of the other things that I love is, and Chelly Campbell, uh, the the author of The Wealthy Spirit, is a good friend of ours. And I was sitting around talking to her one day because she's a huge, hugely popular person in Southern California, as well as around the world. She's uh, She teaches something called Financial Stress Reduction Workshop, and I'm a certified coach for that. But years ago, I was talking to her and I said, give me the best advice you can on just meeting people. And she said, easy, hands down, here it is. She said, 
just learn how to ask questions. Mm. I said, okay, what are you talking about? Shelly says, okay, I ask you a question. You answer it. Based on how you answer it, I'm going to ask the next question. Based on how you answer that one, I'm going to base the next question and so on. So I, I decided to try this one time. And I had a good friend, Tim, who uh, I went to a networking event with. And I said, Tim, do me a favor. I'm going, to, I'm going to do an experiment. He goes, what is it? And I said, I want you to stand with your back to me so you can hear me. And I said, the next person that comes up that I interview, I said, I want you to ask, I want you to count for me how many questions I ask. He said, what for? And I said, I'll tell you later. Just do it. And he goes, okay. So I stood there. He stood facing the other way, saying hi to people and stuff like that. But he's also listening. And, and this gal came up to introduce herself to me. And I started. And I said, tell me tell me who you are. Da-da-da. Okay, what do you do? Da-da-da. Um, how long have you been doing it? Da-da-da. What do you like about it most? Da-da-da. <laughs> And I just kept going. And by the time I was too tired to ask any more questions, I'd already asked 37 questions. Wow. And it, wow. And it, and it just, it rolled itself. I mean, she told me what to ask next. Mm-hmm. Where, where did you go to, you know, I'm sorry. I'm okay. sorry. Hello? Who is it? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Yo, you're fine. Um, we're okay? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the, um, Boy, I wish my wife would pick that up. 37 questions. We used to call that, um, I, I got so much of my training in business from uh, a real estate company called Keller Williams, which yeah. when I joined in 2001, nobody knew who that was because there yeah. were 10,000 agents across the country. But uh, they did such a great job of <clears throat> consulting training and what we used to call it going five deep. You know, be like, and just question going layers under the yeah. initial response because you don't really get to the good stuff until you get past people's initial reflex answer you know yeah what what do you do reflex what do you do reflex you know you get to that's where you when you when you get to the good stuff they they Mm -hmm. they walk away what happened for me was is that tim saw this same gal about two weeks after that Mm. and they were talking and tim said she said you know she said i i I talked to your friend dave ribble the other day Mm. he goes oh he's the greatest conversationalist i've ever met (laughs) Right. And the fact is, is that she never asked me what I did. She has still, I don't, I don't think she even knows now, you know, these years later, there's nothing about and 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 the people that stood up at that breakfast that I explained earlier, uh, none of them asked me what I was, I did for a living either. But what's more fun for me is, is you grab somebody and you just walk them through the crowd and you point to different people that have different specialties. I mean, Val is really good at that. Mm-hmm. And you walk in and you go, this is Mary. Mary does this. That's Sam. Sam does this. That's Dennis. Dennis is really good at this. You know, now Val has become my resource. I'm going to bounce everything off Val. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, hey, I just met Charlie a couple of days ago. What, what do you, you know anything about him? Oh, yeah, he's a good guy. Good guy. You can trust him. I, uh, I'm having a I'm having a Christmas party here at the Grange. I live in a Grange Hall, and you're both invited. I think you both said you couldn't come, but but you'll I promise you'll see me introduce people to each other. I try to find one fascinating thing about each person 
and I set them up for success and then I walk away. <laughs> and I, I, I've done that for years and I, I don't mean to blow my own horn, but what I want is I want people to walk away feeling like they just had the best night in their whole life. And that is going to come from the fulfilling interaction they have with other people. You're building relationships that way. And it's the easiest thing in the world to do and the most fun. Yeah. 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 Very fun. I love that. Dave, if you had to give people sort of like a, <clears throat> some parting wisdom on becoming a conscientious connector, <clears throat> you know, how, how do people, what should people do? Well, the reason I started something called Standout Mastery, Standout Mastery is for personal and professional development, individual. What I'm doing is I'm setting up as a membership. Mm-hmm. And the membership is we'll meet twice a month on Zoom in a collective yep. group. Yep. Uh, if somebody wants one-on-one, that's we'll talk. But if if they want to be part of that group, mm-hmm. I'm going to build this thing. And I'm right in beta right now. Beta is a ridiculously low price for how they can be a part of this. And I'm going to meet with them twice a month for a couple, couple hours for the group. And then I'll also do a couple of one-on-ones, 30 minute one-on-ones with them all for the ex- wonderful package price of 300 bucks. Wow. So it's 300 bucks for six sessions plus mm-hmm. two with me individually. If they want to keep going after that, we'll grandfather them in at like 97 a month or something. Wow. Nice. But it's an opportunity for me to not only create a group that, Get some lessons from me, but I want this this group to also be feeding good information to each other. Yeah, and I'm excited about that. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. How do people learn about that? If they want to learn more about Standout Mastery, how can people reach out to you? If they would just go to the email of Dave at DaveRibble dot com. R i b b l e. Yeah. Yes, sir. Good. Good. That's Dave it. at DaveRibble dot com. That's great. Yeah. Well, you know, for me, it's fun to I'll, Val I'll give you. You can have the last word, Val, here in a second. Um, <laughs> I'll say, Dave, to you, uh, it's fun to meet people locally here in Spokane. My for, for 13 years, my client base has been national, not local, and it's been fun for me to put down roots here in Spokane <laughs> this year, starting to connect with the conscientious business people of Spokane, and I'm excited for that network to grow. Um, so it's my honor to meet you, and I can't wait to have some more interactions. This has been fabulous. I really appreciate the opportunity. Val, bring us home. Like, what do you, what do you want to say? If, wrap us up, Val. <laughs> well, first of all, it's such an honor to spend or invest this time with you both. You're both juggernauts. And I think if anyone was to listen to this podcast, Really, there are gold doubloons falling out of your collective <laughs> mouths. And people can, I mean, it was career changing advice is what you offered. So thank you for that. And then I too am excited about the future of what's possible for Spokane and beyond. And you guys are on the cutting green edge of all that. And Dave, like I said before I got on the podcast, I met you this last summer and you 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 and Gay came out of nowhere and then all of a sudden Dave and Gay are everywhere. So uh, I thank you so much time thank you so much for spending your time here with us right now. Sure appreciate it. I really do and look forward to seeing you guys again soon. Awesome. Yes. Thanks, well hopefully Dave. we'll see you on uh December the 14th at First Avenue Coffee. Yes, I plan to be there. And Gay can't wait to be there as well. She'll be coming with me. 
Oh, good. Good. Yeah, those of you listening, like uh, Val and I are putting on m- monthly events, so keep your eyes posted for that one, depending on when you're listening to this, and and we'll see you at our next Groundswell Collective event. Dave, thank you for being here. Val, awesome stuff today, and we'll see you all next time.